All right. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Maybe Next Year, the podcast. that uh, That's why it's called Maybe Next Year. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And, uh, yeah, maybe next year. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk to you next year, maybe, or in a couple of months. No. Um, despite my fervent wishes, we are going to record another episode. <laughs> no. Okay. So the good, the, I think the good news about this is at least Scott and I have had a bit of a journey. Sorry, with regards to like our post football, um, post post Bills Bengals game um, uh, life, and we're going to get into some of that. And I think that one of the itch, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm muting you, Paul, just to minimize some of the echo while I'm talking. Um, but I'll take you off. Don't worry. Uh, so. Yeah, look, the Bills lose 27 to 10, right? Um, it was, I think it's fair to say it wasn't much of a contest. I, there, There's probably some point in the middle of the game where it was closer than it, than it looked or felt. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't particularly close. I mean, the Bengals sort of, it's not, they didn't quite run us out of the gym. And I'm, I'll, I'll turn to Paul first. I don't think they quite ran us out of the gym, but it was thorough and it was, it was, it was a beatdown. Um, and it was convincing. And I think it was pretty clear that the Bengals were the better team. Um, I don't know. We we can discuss uh, whether we felt like that would have been the case all year or whether the Bills were in a particular uh, position. You know, I mean, they were the healthiest they had been without, well, you know, Von Miller and Micah Hyde accepted um, in a long time. They certainly played a, a bad game. I think there is a, an element of Bills beating the Bills here that we will get into. Um, but before we get down all the rose path of, of, of life since this game, um, let's go, let's go ahead and I'm going to turn to Paul first, Paul, uh, why don't you let us know what you made of this game in any way, shape or form you want? Cause I don't really have any structure here. Yeah, we were going structureless today. This game was, uh, terrible. It was the, I, you guys can try and debate me on this if you want, but I'm pretty confident saying this was their worst game of, of the season. They, yeah, I'll, I'll agree 100%. This was their worst game. Right. It's the only game they lost by more than three points all year. It's the only game where uh, by the time they got the ball with with their last possession, they didn't have a chance to win. Uh, where A game by where about halfway through the fourth quarter, it was said and done. A game where they were dominating their trenches. A game where the quarterback performance on the Bengals side was better than on the Bills side. The receivers on the Bengals side were better than the Bills side. Really, in every aspect of this game, this was just a thrashing. Uh, it, you know, we're now, what, 10, 12, 11 days? I don't know. We're some odd number of days removed from this game. Um, I think going forward, you know, as far as, you know, you kind of have to balance in your head at this point how much of this is, A, the Bills took a bad time to play their worst game of the season by far versus, B, the Bills have some deficiencies which need to be addressed in order to get on, I don't want to say get on the same level as the Bengals and Chiefs, but let's say to get in a position where they would beat the Bengals and Chiefs more than 50% of the time. Because, you know, let's be real, anything can happen in the NFL week to week. Of course they can beat the Bengals, of course they can beat the Chiefs, but are they in a position where they should be expected to do those things? And so... Hey, Paul. Yes. While you're doing while you're doing this, why don't you put a percentage on it so Scott can jump off of it? But how much of it do you think is the Bills played their worst game of the year against the Bengals, and how much of it do you think is they're actually behind the the Bengals and Chiefs? I, and at this point, I would just say Bengals. I don't really know that they're behind the Chiefs, but I, I'll let you answer it that way you want. But that way, we can sort of compare our notes as to where we all think they are in comparison to the other two AFC sorry AFC teams. Yeah, and I think that's a great idea. And uh, just to make Scott's rebuttal easier, I'll be a complete coward about this and choose a very near even percentage and say that uh, 58% of this is the Bills need to make some roster improvements in order to compete with superior AFC team or teams. And that leaves 42% where the Bills chose a bad time to play their worst game and you know we can look at the fact that somehow the uh, this will be news to frank who's been off twitter but the bills now have three pro bowl offensive linemen 
Uh, it certainly did not seem that way watching this game. It certainly looked like they had zero-ish. Uh, the Bills have no doubt a lot sure of issues up front. Playing in that game. What's that, Pro Scott? Bowl or not, I'm not sure. Pro Bowl or not, I'm yes. not sure we had any linemen playing in that game. Right. It was it was ugly all across the line. Mitch Morse, I think, was adequate, and that was by far the best performance on the line of the teams. It was it was ugly. They 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 really just looked like they were not in the same uh, class as the Bengals. And I go back to something Brandon Bean said in his postseason press conference, which really was, I was thinking about for a long time, and I'm glad he admitted it as well, which is that, you know, the Bills down, he said down the stretch that we did not really play a complete game. And that was the exact thought I had. Like if you asked me to say when the last time the Bills played a good game, and I mind you, I don't set the, uh, Patriots playoff game last year is a standard. That's a near perfect game. Forget that sort of standard. But a good game, I think they played fairly well on the Patriot against the Patriots on Monday night. Uh, not a great game by any means, but did what they had to do to win. Tough road game uh, against a team that was in you know serious contention for a playoff spot. That you know had been playing competitive football, and they showed up and and won that game. But if you say they didn't do enough that game, and you can, there were turnovers, there were problems that game. If if you want to cite those as being issues, the last time they would have played like a really good game would have been against the Chiefs, and that would have been October, I believe, fourteenth. Uh, no, wait, sixteenth, October sixteenth mm-hmm. against the Chiefs. Otherwise, there were just a lot of weaknesses in their game, uh, and they survived either due to inferior opponents and they just were much more talented than them which goes to the reason that maybe they don't need a complete roster overhaul that they're able to win on town alone when they seem to be not performing very well but it also goes to the fact that that confluence of stuff the the little nits that we had is the season was winding down despite a seven game winning streak and us still finding flaws in their performance they all came to a front on uh against the Bengals and so now we're left to assess how much building needs to be done and how much they just need to say, Hey, it was a shit game. We played, we were tired at the end of the year. It happens. We'll be largely the same and come back strong next year. So definitely interesting to hear guys thoughts on that. All right, Scott, why don't you react to Paul there? Yeah. I mean, I, I put it, I put it a little higher on the, on the roster piece. And, and this is something that I think um, is concerning to me because I was, I was one, I remember saying, not more than two or three months ago that I felt confident that, that Brandon Bean was, was an asset for the team and was building the roster in a right way. And that, you know, we, that his moves had put us in a position to be successful over the long term. And I think, you know, on, on some level, I'm not completely dismissing that point because I think success is obviously a relative term, but I am concerned that this roster has maxed out what its potential is. And so I put it at like 70% on the, on the roster, not being good enough and the players not being good enough Mm. and the coaching and the execution, the coaching being not good enough. Um, and the remaining 30% on the, on the, the emotions, the, the week of the game itself. Um, I think, you know, I briefly talked to the guys on text about, and the players mentioned it in the, the post thing after, you know, the Hamlin, the Hamlin thing puts a whole new tint on the season. And obviously the most important thing you know, that happened to the Bills this year is that Mar Hamlin's alive and walking around. Like, that's, that's obviously the most important thing. But at the same time, I think it, it's when – you, when you see, you know, life and death stuff happen, you know, right in front of you, you know, uh, something that, that a lot of people don't have in their lives. And, and these guys, 25-year-old guys, 27-year-old guys, 30-year-old guys, you know, they're not firemen or soldiers or police officers or paramedics. Um, you know, most people that age have not dealt with uh, someone, you know, dying in front of them or, or having to worry that someone's going to die in front of them. And uh, someone who's a friend or a close associate or someone who's just like them, who's who that kind of pierced vulnerability that, that um, you know, 20-year-olds kind of have. And I think, uh, you know, the the emotional high. And I remember it after it happened that we didn't play well. I think it was the next week was, um, was it the dolphins the week afterwards? I'm trying to remember. The dolphins the week after who? 
No, I, th- I think it was the, the Patriot. It was the Patriots game where they won because Patriot Hines game. kept running back kick returns for touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. And, it was the Patriots the next week, right? Yeah, and that was that was the thing. It was I remember saying then, like, hey, there's a lot of emotion here, um, you know, but they're going to have to deal with that mm-hmm. because the emotions are going to keep coming back, and and this is not to say to critique anyone. It's just a part of life that. As Demar, you know, comes back to the facility, he came back to the facility the the, the the week after that, and then that's an emotional thing you have to deal with. And then now he's he's coming back, and then this game, he's at the game, he's up in the booth, and and you know he's there, and that's an emotional thing that you then have to deal with. And it's but just so did much we? That it, but no, no, we didn't, we didn't. But so, I also don't want to. Sorry, put too much on <laughs> yeah, and that's no, I was making I was making a joke about. So I was just making a joke about the dumb cloning Demar Hamlin thing. Like, did we know that he was oh, up I in the booth? Yeah. But it was high, it was entirely inappropriate. My it was yeah right. Um, but I guess to my mind, like we can't we can't build the team around the assumption that this was a once in a lifetime thing that happened to the Bills, and therefore, you know, we can we can focus on just getting them next year with a with a healthy Von Miller. I think Von Miller is a piece of the puzzle and a big one. But at the same time, <clears throat> we were playing a team starting three um, backup offensive linemen, and we only yeah. had one of our top defensive line missing, and they 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 barely got home the whole time. They didn't they didn't even breathe on Burrow for most of the game. Whereas our offensive line was was nowhere in the area code. Um, run game, pass game. Um, you know, Allen did the best he could, and I think as I look back at the team, I'm I'm thinking how much of this team is Josh Allen. And I get that there's lots of teams that that don't have – there's teams that have good quarterbacks and good teams around them. And then there's teams maybe like this team where you have a, a good quarterback, but it's just not you, – you haven't put enough around them to make them successful. And that week to week a good quarterback can win you a lot of games. But um, now in the playoffs when everyone's got a good quarterback, you need everything else, and the Bills just don't have it right now. At least I don't think. Well, this is good. Let me let me jump in with some thoughts because I think, as you said, seventy percent of it you feel like is the roster. So, uh, but we've talked a lot about the emotional aspect of the game. But I think that what I can do is I can start off us on the next go around on this because I think it has a lot to do with the direction of the team going forward. I'm sure. Um, I the good news is uh, you won't get a lot of disagreement from me regarding this. I think that the talent gap was bigger than the um, than the uh, emotional bad play. I do think that like the Bills can beat the Bengals as currently constituted. I just don't know how often they could do it. Um, I think I think you know four out of ten times, maybe instead of five. But like you know, it's the point is as you're saying, when you need it, you need it. The other thing about talent, I, and I'm, I I want to be close to kind of Paul because I think at the beginning of the year. There was no doubt, not that there was no doubt, there was like the places that ended up being problem areas weren't any of the places we were identifying other than maybe the offensive line at the very end, you know? But like, like corner wasn't really the problem. Like safety was the problem, but nobody was talking about safety. Corner was much better than anybody really thought it was going to be um, talent-wise. And I think if you look at this game, it's really hard because there are so many there are so many issues on the defensive side of the football that are bothersome but ultimately this you know the bills scored 10 points <laughs> you know like they scored 10 points and so giving up 27 to the bengal's shouldn't be outside the realm of what was acceptable like that should have been a reasonable amount of points to expect the bengal's to score you know, because they're a very good offensive team. Um, but it is glaring because they couldn't do anything defensively. And offensively, um, like it was it was just the line, top to bottom, both sides of the line. Um, I think this is the week that, you know, for much of the year, I just sort of said, let Josh cook, you know, because it's working. And I think that that was the case. I think this was his worst game, uh, even with all his elbow issues where he had thrown more interceptions. He he just didn't. They didn't take the underneath stuff at all. I did a lot of 
review over kind of this is more of a season comparison thing, but you know, Hidman and and Diggs, their production overall stays about the same, which by the way, for Stefan Diggs means he's basically been put put together three all time Bills wide receiver years in a row, like period. And uh, you know, so he he's still the guy. And Allen is still doing all of this. He he runs about the same. He passes literally about the same. Touchdowns and interceptions all about the same as the last year. Okay, 2020 was a bit of an outlier. But what what's different is the Cole Beasley production. And even though Cole Beasley from 2020 to 2021 takes a big step back on yards per catch, nobody comes close to really uh, reproducing his number of catches, uh, and which were, by the way, almost always like, second or third and long or medium and would turn into first downs. And I think what happened over the course of the year and became super evident in this game was Allen had nobody he really trusted other than the deep ball. And so he, this was the most hero ball game he played because everything was a miss and they weren't like picking him off constantly, but they, the drives were dying very fast. And the Bengals, you know, the Bengals weren't like, throwing it all over the field. Joe Burrow just picked the team apart constantly. You know, I, I don't think any wide receiver had a hundred yards receiving for, for uh, Cincinnati, you know, Mixon has 20 carries in a hundred. They had like, they had like 30 first downs or something in the course of the game. It was some Yeah. Right. They just, right. They just kept drives alive. So even when they didn't score, they, they were just crushing the time of possession and as Paul points out, at the end of the game, there's nothing left. So to me, the bigger issue is offensively versus defensively in this game. Like there, there's a disconnect um, between adjusting the ball, adjusting the play for, for the players, for sure. Like, you know, they were down 17 to seven at the half and that, that, that felt like a, like bad, but like, it didn't feel like you couldn't figure it out yet. It felt like you better figure it out, but you didn't, it wasn't impossible and they couldn't, and they didn't change anything. And that to me, I don't know if that's a failing of Ken Dorsey or Allen or both or whatever, but it was, it was really um, disappointing. Now I, I think I'll, I think I'll settle at like 62% talent and, 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 you know, the other 38% was a bad, was a bad day. Right. But I think that that 62% is, not as big like that 12% gap there is not as big as 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 it might seem it it might be von miller and micah hyde might be 12% like that might have been enough or or you know cole beasley like a full cole beasley or one like proper jamison crowder who never got a chance to show us anything this year might be the difference talent wise i still think that they identified the right things last year and tried to address them and ultimately by the end you know um were short shorthanded staff wise, but there there's a lot of misses too. Like McKenzie is not, he didn't step up, you know, and Shakir is a rookie and he looks like he could have something there, but he didn't, he didn't get there yet, which is less an indictment of him, but just a statement of fact. Dawson Knox is, he's fine. He's a perfectly okay tight end, but that's it. You know, the line, you know, Allen sort of, I, I feel like, you know, Gabe Davis, Lots of stuff on his drops. He, he he increased his production overall. Like maybe he's not a number two wide receiver. I don't know, but you know th- th- there there's some talent issues there that need to be addressed that are going to be a little tricky to address until probably some restructures happen, which I would imagine will. Um, I, I will quickly jump in on Gabe Davis, if you don't mind, which is yeah, and, and I want to equate him to McKenzie too, in in the same vein. He I I worry that we can look too much at quantitative production rather than the ratio sure. of production where sure. in 2021 um gabe davis took 571 offensive snaps about 51 percent of team snaps and allowing to manuel sanders i mean mm-hmm. he took nearly twice as many snaps this year 926 snaps or 91 percent of all offensive snaps uh did lead the league in uh drops i can't find that number i think it was 13 and also his catch percentage was in uh 55.7 excuse me 51 point six percent which is by far a career low so i think you know we kind of want to see what would happen when gabe davis and isaiah mckenzie who i could run through the same stats for and they'll show you the same thing a lot more snaps and a little more production or some more production right 
but it doesn't justify it. But I think it goes to like, hey, we're going to, and we were all in favor of this. All, almost all Bills fans were universally in favor of give Gabe Davis some more snaps, give Isaiah McKenzie more snaps. We think these guys can come through. Turns out maybe the roles they were in were more appropriate roles than the ones we tried to shoehorn them into. Absolutely. I think that that's uh, an entirely appropriate um, response or understanding of, of the situation. You know, that said, I mean, the, the Bills have got to, <laughs> they got to get home on a quarterback. I don't want it because it's not just the Bengals game, right? It's like you gave up. Well, I mean, the, the Dolphins game was weird because they score 31 points, but they had so many short fields. And it's not like Skylar Thompson did anything, but like, really, like, they should have just like the 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 Dolphins should have scored you know fifteen points, but there, yeah there there's issues where like when that offense is is not clicking and they're not staying off the field the defense has struggled to make play catch up you know they have absolutely. Um, I'm not so I'm not really sure. I, I, getting into the roster construction a bit, I'm not really sure it makes sense. To yeah. Invest in this 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 gets to the the where we're going in the off season. Um, I don't. I mean, if you look at the Bengals linebackers and DBs, or the Chiefs linebackers and DBs, it's not. There's not a lot of investment, and I like having right. Matt Milano's a, a great All Pro linebacker. I think Tremaine Edmonds has improved substantially. I think he's a he's a borderline Pro Bowl linebacker. He's gotten better in coverage. He's a good good team leader. I do. It is to me that is increasingly turning into the spending a first round pick on a running back kind of thing where you might get a good player, but the value just doesn't make sense. And to me, the value is up front of the defensive line. And that is where you can, you can make those dividends. And I agree that we tried to fix it with, with Miller, but many of those other moves did not, did not pan out the way that we wanted them to Um, because it was not just Miller, obviously like Jones, Jones being out hurt and I'll say that's part of it as well. Tim Settle had some flashes Tim this Settle. year, but never really put it together. Um, not not a consistent. Ed, Ol- Ed Oliver game. showed up for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Ed Oliver um, showed up for Thanksgiving. <laughs> if there's Walker. one thing, Ed Oliver, if the Bills played all of their one game a year and it was on Thanksgiving, I would say give Ed Oliver all the money in the NFL world. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like if and 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 again, it gets it gets a bit to the secondary too um, about how much do we need to invest? Because again, like. If you're asking someone to now again, maybe it helps if your coach, when he decides to run an all-out blitz on the most important play of the game, maybe it would help for the coach to tell the the quarterbacks to go ahead and get a little closer to the wide receivers, just for that you know first right. second of the play, maybe. Right. But um, but at the right. same time, even then, a secondary can only do so much if the if the if the, the rush isn't getting home with the kind of the modern passing office, the you know the Brady kind of perfected and that a lot of people have built on that Goro is kind of running now to a certain extent so get it out of your hands quick just let the receivers do their jobs and keep keep time in possession and that's it um it, it, it has to be on the defensive line and I don't think that we were able to do that successfully and I hope I, I don't think I realized that as much um going forward I think I knew it that it was important and I thought we had done enough but obviously I was wrong and I think Brandon Bean probably did as well and that yes Von Miller was important but we needed we needed other guys to be there, first round picks, um, guys we invested money in, and right? And it just didn't get it done. Yeah, the philosopher Greg Rousseau, unfortunately, more of a sitting in my chair philosopher than a you know that that yeah. I realized the double natured the double natured uh, <laughs> meaning of that of that nickname for him is yeah. definitely in the in the Bengals game he appeared to be in his ivory tower contemplating the nature of a sack. <laughs> Rather than <laughs> rather than so much committing one. <laughs> yeah, he, he went more Descartes style than you know maybe right. Kierkegaard would have. I but, think I'm yeah. a pass rusher, therefore <laughs> I am a pass rusher. Precisely right. Um, do you guys? Let's. Well, you know, I feel like when I before I left Twitter, um, which we're going to get to in a minute, um, I felt like everybody wanted to fire Leslie Frazier, um, and it felt like a very he has not I been hate... fired, by the way. Just nor his Dorsey. Good, good to know. Good to know. Less interested in Dorsey. I but like to me, Dorsey, I just don't know like enough about. For me, like the, Leslie Frazier is is mostly running the McDermott defense, and, and unless you plan on like seeding a full full um, change to the defense that Leslie Frazier can't implement, 
then I don't know why you'd get rid of him because ultimately his like regular season defense, which should count for something, is pretty good year in and year out. Um, so I don't want to like there, there was just like this like he's trash and can't do anything, and I felt like I, I don't know. I, I feel like he does pretty well in some regards, but like I could understand wanting a different defense, but I don't think you're going to get it that way. The one thing before, and, and I'll turn that to you, but the other thing I really want to say before I forget, um, the one part of this team now that I feel like I have seen the ceiling on is Sean McDermott. I feel like Sean McDermott will turtle when things get, I'm, I'm convinced now, he only has so much gumption, okay? I hate to put like a squishy word like that on it, but yeah, he's absolutely a coward when things are not going well. And it drove me nuts because one of the few things that should have been happening in that game, and I, I apologize, we're a few, we're 11, 12 days removed from it, but there were fourth down calls that drove me nuts. There was all sort, you know, kicking field goals. It was, it was just like pin them deep bullshit. And I, it, it really, re- that and the timeouts from the, the Dolphins game. Like, I, I feel like that's it. I feel like it's going to be on Brandon Bean more than McDermott because I don't think McDermott's going anywhere. But you're going to need to build a roster that can get ahead. And if he's beating the the Bengals, he's a whole different coach. He's much more comfortable. He's very good at that. But when it becomes like, oh, I don't know, I don't think the guys have it, it just becomes, well, let's let's punt and get out of here and get another possession and and and. And absolutely, I don't think it was the difference in the game at all, but I think that it didn't help. I think that it didn't give that spark to the um, the Bills. And lastly, I haven't been on Twitter. I can only assume that Stefan Diggs has demanded a trade at this point because he got mad at his quarterback, um, which is, as you all, as you both know, has never happened in the, in the history of the NFL that an NFL player has been mad about a bad game. So uh, I just, you know, pour one out for what I can only assume is Stefan Diggs' last season in a Bills uniform. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, but go ahead. Feel free to react. Feel free to react to any of that. Um, as someone who, if I'm not mistaken, was calling for Leslie Frazier to be fired a year ago, I feel like I do get some mm-hmm. uh, points here. And I will agree with Frank that, that Wesley Frazier can, can call. He is good at executing the defense that he knows how to run. And when you have superior talent, um, it makes sense to run a defense and teach your players well how to execute it and do it that way. When, you are, when that is not working, I am not always convinced that Wesley Frazier has a curveball or a changeup, depending on your term of art. Um, what, what, where the your starter or a reliever pitcher, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know that um, he can, he has shown an ability, like he, he will blitz and he, he has been known to try and manufacture pressure, but it's, it's clear that he's, he's trying to reach when he's doing that. And the team doesn't seem like they're practicing it all that regularly, that they don't have natural pressure packages that I'm seeing kind of run out there. It seems like a lot of things that, that, that don't really work that much, frankly. We're not seeing... Um, kind right. of well-designed corner blitzes that sneak up on guys. We're seeing hide and pour kind of sneak down to the line like they always kind of do, and then once or twice they'll come, and that'll be it. And it's and it's all kind of a bit telegraphed, and I can kind of see it coming. And it's not, um, again, the I, I, I don't, that isn't to say that he's a fine defensive coordinator. I'm sure he's a much better defensive coordinator than I am. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm not sure that his style of defense is effectively is him and McDermott, the defense as it runs has not been able to get it done. It has not been able to get it done in the playoffs when it counts the most against the best team. And I get that that's hard, but that's what the money's for. All right. Like there's lots of guys. Yeah. Who can, who, yeah. You know, we can, we can take another shot with another guy. What's it going to be? You're going to get worse in the regular season. Yeah. Maybe. Could we get better in the playoffs? Yeah. Maybe. All right. At this point we're, we're the, the window is, uh, we we talk about windows some other day, but like there, there there there's a finite window here, and I was all in on this season, and I got the Miller injury happened, and I got the Hamlin thing happened, and that's horrible in the sense that it happened, and I'm glad we that everyone lived through it because that was obviously not a thing that that was guaranteed for a couple minutes there, but at the same time, like, yeah, it, it that doesn't change the fact that 
there, there's still a window here, and we're 19 million over on cap space this year. So it might be a good year. It, it might be a good year too. And I'll turn it over to Paul. But just a reminder, like it, you know, looks like Poyer will probably not be back, and there's a good chance that um, uh, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds won't be back. I mean, they both look like they're going to command some money, and there isn't a lot of money. So if you're going to be missing personnel, maybe it's time to kind of just sort of you know clean out the whole kitchen in that way. But Frank, Paul, you, you could not have made a more perfect segue into what I was going to say. And basically awesome. <laughs> what Scott had talked about with the window, with all of these things in mind. So Frank will inform you that the NFL salary cap for this coming year uh, is going to be $224.8 million. The bills uh, are currently in the 240-some millions uh, at this point. Uh, with 38 players under, uh, excuse me, they have 52 players under contract. So nearly a full roster. But just to get compliant, they are going to have to restructure uh, some players. They are going to have to make some cuts and to make make some difficult decisions on letting players walk. With these things in mind, do you take, and uh, let me finish my, my thought here so mm-hmm. no one thinks I'm insane. Do you take this season and accept it as kind of a, step back year knowing that you're still going to be competitive you will still probably be the odds on favorite to win the afc east uh you're probably almost certain to make the playoffs i'd be shocked if you won't because whether you wanted to just with salary cap you can't get rid of josh allen or stefan diggs or von miller or trey white or dawson knox and and other guys uh, you know kyrie elam some guys who are uh, deon dawkins guys who are plus players on this team. So you're at least going to be competitive, but you kind of seed at this point, like, Hey, maybe we're just aren't going to have the horses to compete in 2023. And this is to, excuse me, the horses to be a team that's expected to compete for a championship in 2023 versus just a playoff team in 2023 and allow yourself to then maybe get back in that discussion in 2024 by letting guys like Poirier lock by, by letting someone like, Edmonds walk by doing not restructuring everyone because you don't want to trap yourself into contracts longer than you need to. Heck, Matt Milano's only on the team through 2024, but you're taking dead cap space in 25 and 26, whether you re-sign him or not, uh, just because they put two void years out at the end of his deal. So do you guys think that maybe this is a year where you just don't go all in and you don't close the window in 2023, but you, you maybe push it a little bit, you know, more shut, just leave a little bit of air flowing through the bottom. And then 2024, hopefully having righted the cap a little bit and given yourself some space, you open it up a little bit, maybe make one more splash yeah. page and signing. Just my thoughts. You just go get like a Dan Heron, see if you can fix yeah. him up. And, and, Doug, uh, maybe, you're not... and maybe you hit a Doug Fister when you're looking for a Dan Heron. Right. And you're not, you're not out of it, but you know, you're, you're probably looking at maybe you're a wildcard team this year. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, or, or you win the FC East at like 10 and seven. Cause no one else has taken the steps forward. They need to. Right. Which will be a good off season topic because I think that the, one of the things that happened this year was the East was a lot better than we thought it was going to be, or they certainly performed, you know, really yeah, well. I, I would argue moments. second best division in football besides the NFC East. Okay. Well, there you go. I want to know, like, we don't have to do a three stars, Scott. Like, I won't hold you to that. Um, I, if you have one prepared, I'm, ha- I'm prepared to listen. If not, we can just immediately move to, okay, then we're going to immediately move to uh, why the Bengals are jerks and why your friend Adam is a jerk and why we are never having another fans, uh, another fan Man. from another team on this podcast ever again. Hello. Sounds like Scott's too upset to even broach this topic. Yeah, Scott is just, we can't hear you, Scott. So if you're talking, you must be, you were on mute. Sorry. I was going to give you the opportunity to, you you lost your bet and you had to sing the fight song and Eli Apple appears to be a jerk. Um, (laughs) Like, what a dick. And also, um, um, yeah, yeah, we can't hear you, Scott. Sorry, put a note in the comments. Okay. All right. Well, well, you well might he logs wanna... off and logs on. I can give you a quick quiz, uh, Frank, who's been off Twitter. Yeah. The Bills this year have eight Pro Bowlers now because oh of my God. injuries and players going to the Super Bowl. Now, we already knew about uh, Deion Dawkins. Or no, excuse me. I gave you one of the ones they had. You knew about Josh Allen, Diggs, Milano, Morrison, Poyer. 
One of the other three okay. we selected was Deion Dawkins. Right. So which I think... two other Bills were named to the Pro Bowl? Which two other Bills were named to the Pro Bowl? Yes. Um, Scott, feel free to say something. If we Mitch don't Morse. acknowledge you, it means we can't hear Now we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, he, he said Mitch Morse because he knows is one of them. <laughs> well, Mitch was already um, in the original group, so we need the okay. two. Okay. There were three additions this week. One was Deion Dawkins, and who were the other two? I'll say, I mean. Spencer Scott's Brown? behind on this news, too. What's that? Spencer Brown? Spencer Brown was not, no. Okay, wait, because we have Morse and Dawkins, and you said we have three Pro Bowl offensive yeah. linemen. Yes, so and, Morse, it's, and it's not Saffold. Spencer Brown. It is Roger Saffold is going oh to the God. Pro Bowl as an offensive guard. Oh, guards. my God. Also, if you guys might not have known Was this he either. just like, go so, ahead. So Josh is not playing in the Pro Bowl because of quote-unquote right. injury, and he will instead be uh, golfing this weekend in an uh, ESPN television much tournament. Much better for your elbow, right? right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you, yeah. did you guys know who's replacing him? Is the, oh, yeah, Huntley. Yep, yeah. Tyler Huntley. The Ravens now have two Pro Bowl quarterbacks on their roster. Fantastic. So in case you didn't... this year. Yes. <laughs> in case you weren't fully convinced the Pro Bowl is a joke, uh, Roger Saffold and Tyler Huntley should be enough. So we're missing Ryan Bates. Not Ryan Bates. So we've got the three offensive what? line. We've got Saffold, we've got oh, Dawkins, okay. and we've got Morrison Dawkins. It is so we're missing off- one. We're, it's an offensive player. Offensive player. Is it Dawson Knox? It is Dawson Knox making his okay. first Pro Bowl. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, that just says a lot about the Pro Bowl yet again. So the last I right, like the last I, I saw, and this is part of why I, I just got off of Twitter was like the whole like you better cash those or you know, send those refunds because the Bills and Chiefs were the NFL was had the audacity to sell, sell tickets to a game that might happen the following week. Um, and, and mind you, like, while they were also selling uh, Bengals tickets Bengals against the Jaguars, right, which right. every organization has to do for planning purposes so the market doesn't get flooded and they have time to uh, – people, man. Right. And then Eli Apple, who who is just the king of doing nothing, um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, like – couldn't shut his fucking mouth, including something that was apparently vaguely it, – it, it rubbed some bills the wrong way because it appeared like maybe he was taking a shot at their number three heart sign for DeMar Hamlin. Like he included something in, in one of his tweets that made it look like he was like making fun of them for their heart and their number three and like – I don't know. So if you told me in the last week that that man has been like turned into toast and – and uh, discarded and put into jail, like I would be probably happy. Um, but I haven't been on Twitter in a week. Uh, but we, I don't want to get there yet because if Scott is on the thing, we want to. We have yeah. to hear uh, what would happen to you, and why we will never, ever, ever let another fan of another team on this podcast again. Yes. So I had to go in per the terms of the agreement. I'm a man of my honor. I came into the office uh, that Monday and I had to wear, I think like it was an injured Bengals corner from like the first, like he's been on IR the whole year. He's like their, like their number one or number two corner or somebody has been on IR this year. Something with an A, I forget the guy's name. And uh, so I wore that and then uh, I had to put the stupid, I mean, I didn't have to, but at that point, who the fuck cares? Put the right, you're a man of honor. You're going to do it right. Yeah, like, I put the hat on, the Bengals hat, with a <laughs> little tiger, like, stuffed tiger, like, leaping out of it. And uh, I sang the stupid song, which I'm going to switch over, and if I if I lose you, it's because I'm switching over on my phone from the app. Okay. To the other thing. So, here we go. Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, so here we go. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the lines of this song, a song in quotation marks to you guys, and you okay. you tell me what you feel free to to, to vamp as we go along. Very good. I, I just bang- would like to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hear that Bengal growling, mean and angry. Mm-hmm. Here he comes, a prowling, lean and hungry. He sounds a lot like the werewolf of London. 
to, to, um, to be straight with you. Yeah. Very. An offensive st- brute. Now, again, you could call that an offensive brute, which yeah, fair, offensive. Um, it goes on. An offensive brute, run, pass, or boot. Run, okay. pass, or boot. So we're, we're so proud of punting, we're going to put it yep. in our song. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Okay. That's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about, talking about boot and defensively. So they're doing the offense and the defense in the damn song. Like, like really? Um, he's he's rough, and then it just says dot 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 tough. And Adam at this point is singing along, kind of mentally. And at this point, I think I stopped and I said, "Really, this reflects worse on you at this point than it does me, because everyone knows this is not my team's fight song. This is your team's right. fight song. This is the joke now. I'm not the joke anymore. This is the joke. The song is." I feel you could recite the words to shout, and it would be like, all right, it's kind of nonsense, but this is fine. Sounds like a fun And it's over. And it's over quickly. It's not not pretending to be better than it is. I also would like to briefly point out, I'm a little offended that they gave you the um, injured corner jersey. I feel like you should have been wearing the Joe Burrow jersey. I I was, I I mean, like, yeah, like. I feel like that's insulting. Potential future Hall of Famer Joe Burrow's jersey. Like, that's okay. That's respectable. Right. But then it goes on to, um, uh, what you call it? Uh, So it goes on, uh, Cincinnati Bank. So I'm going off the Cincinnati.com version, which is a little one, little different than the one Adam gave me. It says, that's that's the team we're going to cheer to victory. Touchdown Bengals. Get some points up on the board and win a game for Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I guess, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your, your phrasing. And um, then it goes into kind of a series of like who day things after that. I remember I had to say that. At the yeah. Point. Um, day. yeah. Okay. It's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very stupid song. And then um, a lot of people, um, you know, having to basically walk around, you know, in the spaces that I work in, everyone had kind of heard about the bed and they understood what was going on and, and that, that those pieces of it but at the same time i had to go and do other things through the course of the day and so i'm walking around and people are like hey great game and, and nice work and like, right and then i have to explain it to everybody mm-hmm. so that was really a lot of fun and then mm-hmm. friday I had to do it again and uh i think he said it was odell thurman i think was the name that he gave me who was a linebacker for them several years ago and then ended up falling out of the league due to substance abuse problems. So again, I can only assume that this was a personal attack by Adam on me. By me. It's just shame on top of shame. Like there's nothing sporting about. I, 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 no, it, like we would not give him like the 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 air. Well, now we might. We he might have ended up like after this if we do. Go straight to the OJ Simpson. Go straight to the OJ. Yeah, right. Just I was gonna say like Aaron Maven and OJ Simpson and like fucking. You know, clown shoot. That's a, that's that's bush league. That's you should have given. You should have been given the Joe Burrow and treated with respect. You showed up like an adult, or, or give him a Manny Lawson one, who was also a terrible football player in addition to being a not nice person. If he's going to give you Odell Thurman, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a yeah. It was a rough week in in, in the uh, for Scott, and yes, and that is again why we don't mix. This will never happen. Never happen again. So we we appreciate you taking one for the team and representing this podcast well, Scott. Uh, and we will never, uh, we will never allow you to put yourself into that position. again. <laughs> so when the year goes by and you're like, Oh, Adam's really sorry. He wants to get on. Like, no, no, yeah, no, no. To hell with it. Um, I, so th- this will be good because you guys can do this, whatever you want with this. I, I told you guys this yesterday. Um, I, 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 I spent the first week, after the game, kind of doing my usual Twitter and looking at stuff. And like I said, everybody wants to fire Leslie Frazier. What's wrong with the defense? More people like what? And then like you, you click on, and, and then what really happened was Twitter added the for you tab, like directly to your homepage. And so instead of getting like the handful of people that my brain and anxiety levels can control and understand, I am immediately opened up to what they think will trigger me and get me to engage and like I got sick of fucking this Chiefs fan or that Bengals fan or whatever, just basically comparing Josh Allen to a big, you know, 
pile of donkey dung. Uh, and, and I just like, I can't, I'm like, I'm so fucking angry every time I read it. And then you think you're going to go to Bill's fans and get something like better. And they're worse in a lot of ways. And <laughs> there's this like Twitter, of course, is the dregs of the universe. And there's nothing worse than post football game Twitter uh, when you're in a bad mood. And is Josh Allen breaking up with his girlfriend Twitter? And like, I'm like enough, right? Like enough. So I had, I had resolved pretty early in the week. Uh, like I wasn't really going to watch the games. Like I, like I might turn them on. I might whatever, but like, I, I was like, I was ready to take a break from football and didn't watch, watch championship games. And about midway through Sunday afternoon, we were having a nice time, me and the family. And I realized like, Oh, that, that Niners game is probably almost over. And I thought, I think I'm going to delete Twitter because I really don't want to know what happened. <laughs> and I did that. And I thought, if I can get through this Bengals-Chiefs game without, like, tuning in, like, I realized, like, whatever happens, you told me, Paul, like, the game comes down to the last 30 seconds. I since know this. I don't know what happened. But, like, I didn't want to be in that position where I didn't know what I wanted out of that 30 seconds. I'm like, why? Like, I've done nothing but torture myself all week. I'm exhausted of football. I'm like, this is just like season beat me up, to be honest. I felt like it beat up a lot of people. And I'm like, whatever. So I'm just going to turn it off and I'm not going to know. And I got through the next morning without finding out. And I told my wife and she thought that was hilarious and looked up the, she didn't know. She looked up the answers. And so all week I've survived until now, Thursday afternoon. I do not know. What happened in either one of those games? I do not know who won either one of those games. And I mean, I have guesses about, I have been since told that both games were close at the end um, because I've stopped people well, from telling so, me what someone happened. Someone has lied to you. Uh, oh, well, there, well, that there was controversy in both games. Proves, Maybe that's. Proves that Frank has not been followed. <laughs> right. And, right. And anyway, anyway, so like, you don't have to believe me, right? But like, I have since been like, gathering my context clues throughout the days of like, okay, I have seen people wearing Eagle stuff walking to and from my daughter's school, but also my neighbor who has a 49ers flag still has his 49ers flag outside. So I'm that one. I'm like, I, I think I'm, I think I'm leaning towards the Eagles must've won, but I'm not sure. Right. I really don't know. Chiefs Bengals. I saw one girl wearing a Joe Burrow Jersey this week. That was it. And I was like, she's a teen. She could just be a Bengals fan. When you're a kid, like you'll just wear your shirt sometimes. Like it doesn't even matter. It was a couple days later. And I'm like, you know, and I don't know any chiefs people around here. So I have no fucking clue at all what happened in that game. Um, this, so, this is almost like someone talking themselves through like a big question on who wants to be a millionaire. Like, it is. And I options. A, B, C, or D of uh, how right. to So I don't know what we want to do with this because I feel at this point it's time, right? I, I It's time for me to know. Yeah, we I feel need like to do you guys reveal, are here. Yeah, what's good? Scott, do you have ideas on the best How do you want to... me to do this? Do you want me to guess? Do you want me to... <laughs> yes, I think you should guess. I think you should tell the people what you think happened. And, okay. And, and, and predict yeah, final scores. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what happened? You, you know, one the... was close and one was not. Right. Okay. Tell us what happened in the NFC first. Okay. I, I, so in this area, you would expect to see more Eagle stuff anyway. But I think if you're a 49ers fan and you lost, you'd still be pretty happy with your team. So I think my neighbor's flag is still out on the lawn because they kind of had a good season. And I think Eagles fans would take it a little harder. So what I would I would expect to see less Eagles stuff. So my guess is the Eagles beat the 49ers and probably they won by a bit. I'll I'll say like 24 to 7. Now don't tell me the answer yet. Let's should okay. I I'll, and I'll go to the other game, right? So sure. the other game's in Arrowhead. It's apparently comes down to the last 30 seconds. I already feel like vomiting just thinking about this game because I hate both of these teams now. Um, I, I Here's the thing. I've seen the Spangles jersey on this girl, right? But I also saw some headline. I didn't read the article, but it said something about Stefan Diggs having the last laugh over Eli Apple. And I'm really hopeful that that means 
Eli Apple did something terribly stupid in this Bengals Chiefs game, and Diggs got to him on Twitter, and I just didn't see it. So I'm going to go with the thing I can think of. I think I could actually stomach the Chiefs winning better. So I'm going to go ahead and say like 34-30 Chiefs, and it's a Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl. That's my guess. Now, why don't you guys just beat me up or pick me apart or whatever? Scott, do you want to take the AFC or the NFC, and then I'll take the other one? I will I will actually um I mean I guess I will say I had a very similar experience to Frank because I'm here in England where NFL football right. is actually not a twenty four seven thing. I did not know what happened I did not watch either of the games. I I, I I opened up my ESPN app Monday morning as I briefly went into work. I saw the final highlight of the Chiefs Bengals game and that was about it. And uh and then I saw what what happened in the other game? So I would say I think it's actually on Paul to really just explain both of them. Well, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I can't explain because it's it, the, the Chiefs Bengals. I, I think is the way to is the way to end. All right, so I'll do the NFC then. Uh, I did not watch that game, and in fact, I do not know. I did not know the score of that game until after. <laughs> the the uh Bengals Chiefs game had ended when they're like and Super Bowl will be this and this team I'm like oh that team won and then I looked up the score literally the next day or maybe two days later so I also went days without knowing the game so in fact the final score was the 49ers 7 and the Eagles 31 who so okay. you were close with your 24 to 7 you were just Very off well. by one Eagles touchdown frank and that game was uh brock purdy went out very early in the game apparently had a ucl injury need surgery so it was josh Josh johnson former bill uh former everything in addition to being a former bill seven of 13 (laughs) 74 yards was the passing year of the game for the team uh mccaffrey did what that's disappointing yeah that's it because that that's such an awesome season for brock purdy and and the niners right like and their defense is good but I don't think anybody can get to their fourth choice for quarterback and 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 do well. So, okay. All right, so there's the Eagles. Okay. And then All right, Scott, over to okay. you for the no, uh, no. Uh, Yeah, no. I will I will briefly can you still hear me? Yes, you're good. Okay. So, um I will I will say yes, it was a uh, again, I am I'm literally going to pull up the score right now. Because I, I I remember it was close and it was down to the thing conference championship. Yes, there it is. Yes, so basically it was tied at twenty, going oh, okay. into the final, um, literally the final thirteen seconds. Stop it! it. Was, Not thirteen yeah. seconds. No, it was. I'm trying to think when that when that play was, but essentially. Um, it the, was around that Chiefs, mark, Frank or Scott. I'm it was right around the, that. 13, it was like maybe fifteen, fourteen, or fifteen seconds. I'd have to look back. Yeah, I think it was. <clears throat> it was fifteen. So, um, basically, um, there's two punts. Two punts before this, Kansas City gets the ball first and ten at their at the um, Kansas City forty-seven. Yep, um, with thirty seconds left, they run the ball for six yards call their last timeout. So second and four at the Cincinnati 4-7. Mahomes, short pass incomplete. Now third and four, 17 seconds left. P. Mahomes scrambles right end, ran out of bound at Cincinnati 42 for five yards. So he did, would have picked up first down. Penalty on Cincinnati. (gasps) JSI, unnecessary roughness, 15 yards, (gasps) and forces Cincinnati 42. Hold on. Now, what I would like to say is, at this point, I am sure the internet and particularly Bengals fans are completely behind this call. And I am certain there's no controversy about whether this was oh, unnecessary my. roughening or not. Oh, yes. You missed, you missed the bit of Twitter this week, thing. Um, oh, my God. Not, not good times on Twitter for any Cincinnati or Chiefs fans at that point. Because, yes, at that point... It was in my in my I saw it basically once that morning and I was like, yep, that's a foul. And I would say that would have been a foul if it was anybody. But if it's fucking Patrick Mahomes in a goddamn playoff game in the fourth quarter and he's running out of bounds, you're goddamn right. That's a penalty. Are you fucking insane <laughs> to even get close to him? 
Like, right. I understand you're trying to do your job, but like, come on, man. Yeah, like, two, two, just... two feet on the white line Mahomes had. So as much as that's oh such a gosh. bullshit way to him. end the game, the call was the right yeah. call. I mean, there's no way you can't throw that. Okay, so this this game ends 23-20 Chiefs. 23-20 Chiefs. Okay. Wow. Makes okay. It 45 yards, and that is that is your AFC Championship game. All right. You know what? Because the Chiefs. You know why? Because this is good. Because the Chiefs are a known quantity to me. I like. I'm just like great. You know what? Like I fucking hate that team, but I know why I hate them. And you know, <laughs> let's get Joe Burrow another year closer to having to sign his contract, and we'll see how great their roster is when he's making forty eight million dollars a year. Um. All right. Good. Okay. So, oh, good. So I guessed both teams right. Awesome. You, you okay. did. And Eli Apple did get burned badly a couple times, which is why Diggs was all over a month. Good. Because fuck him, man. Like, what What the shit? Just go win your game and, and move on. Right? Okay. <laughs> I'm all excited now. That I feel like I've just watched both those games. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we should do this every week. I won't even watch the Bills games next year, and I'll just guess what happened. <laughs> Verbal description from Scott. And yeah, Mark. and you... <laughs> without express no, written consent or anything. Yeah, we'll it's, it's, it's kind of like C. Yeah. It's like C-3PO telling the Ewoks everything that happened in Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> in his secret okay. language and they're all reacting like Death Star. It's a, it's a YouTube it's yeah. a YouTube reaction video of the Bills game, except it's all on a podcast. Okay. So now I can root for the Eagles comfortably yep. and I can just sort of tell myself like Jalen Hurts, like this is like a one year thing. Like I don't really know if I believe in this system yet, but like I'm ready for them to, you know, to 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 beat the Chiefs. I can root for root for them comfortably. Okay. Um all right. That was awesome. I I feel like that was a much better segment than it could have been because that could have been really bad. Um, um, okay. Yes. Do we have any, uh, the Stan bills headline? I know we have a yes. new safeties coach. I know yep. we have a new safeties coach and, um, and, and we can, let's save that for another time. Let's just like do all the bills, offensive chain, like changes like another time. And let's just do the Stan bills headlines and we'll get out of here. And, um, sounds and then like we'll, a plan. It looks yeah. like today we're going to have six headlines because I have been compiling them during the course of this podcast, and I was able to compile six. <laughs> totally you didn't well, we have to do that. I feel very that bad. You didn't have to do that. that was, that's what happens when it's been a busy work week, which hilarious. I'm like, oh, I can podcast either day, guys. And yesterday I was at work till like eight. So I'm like, yeah, I guess I couldn't podcast it yesterday. All right. So here are your six headlines for February 2nd, and I'm just going to stop researching now. So close this yep. website. All right. Bills, uh, this is 2022, February 2nd. Bills oddly part of Blank's lawsuit against NFL and the Giants. Here's how. Uh, Bill Belichick sent a congratulatory message to then Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Ryan Daybon being named the man right. for the New York Giants head coaching vacancy. The only problem, he was texting Blank. Brian, Brian Flores. Brian Flores was the correct answer. Yeah. All right. 2019, Blank to represent Buffalo at Atlanta, or excuse me, Buffalo at Super Bowl in Atlanta. The Bills will have solid representation at Super Bowl 53 this Sunday in veteran linebacker blank. Buffalo's 2018 Walter Payton Man of the Year, selected for his unwavering commitment to his team and the community, blank will be on site in Atlanta to take part in several activities designed for award nominees. 2018. Yep, 2019. Sorry, if I said 18, I meant. Well, it said 2018 Mad of the Year, which is reward in 2019. Because again, the NFL is stupid in that right. it's the 2018 season and so forth. But all right, the, right, you know, right. Pro Bowls happens in 2019, Super Bowl happens in 2019, right. etc. So a little after Tikeo spikes, just a little. A couple <laughs> just of years. Uh, yeah, a couple <laughs> yeah, of years. Just, uh, just a little uh, over a decade, yes. <laughs> tiny bit. Um, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Linebacker, Man of the Year. Good guy. Who would be a good guy linebacker? So this would have been this is McDermott's first year, right? Mm-hmm. His second year. He would have been 17. He would have been the coach. So it was Josh at the end of Josh Allen's first year. Let's put it that way. Josh Allen's first year. Um, so who's on our defense then? We have Trey Point. We have How about I will say this guy was the Bills Walter Payton oh, man. Is it Zach Brown? No, no, but a, a, a good Ooh, guess. Good guess. At the end of, he played one more season with the Bills, um, and at the 
end of his last game in Buffalo, he played one offensive snap and Sean McDermott called timeout and he ran off the field and the crowd cheered him. And it's not Kyle Williams, of course, because he's not a linebacker. Right. Yeah. Oh. Popular player, so it's some, player with the Bills. Oh, Lorenzo Alexander. There we go. There it is. Lorenzo. Wow. Oh, Lorax. Too bad. All right. Uh, 2018. So, again, the honors I'm about to talk about refer to the 2017 season. Okay. Blank, unlikely to win AP defensive rookie honor, but has a good case. While Blank has received recognition for his play from many media outlets and was named the, Trey White. Trey White, named Defensive Rookie yeah. of the Year by Pro Football Focus. It said Marshawn Lattimore was a near-unanimous choice, and he was. Yeah. All right. 2017, Blank, very qualified as Bill's QB coach. Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid said the reason he let his assistant head coach Blank join Sean McDermott's staff in Buffalo as QB coach was to help get him on a faster track for a head coaching position. In addition, it's been Blank's desire to coach quarterbacks after coaching receivers most of his NFL career. He played Jordan Palmer? No, no, good guess. Is it David, David Cullen? David Cully, you guys today, yes. man. I had a whole range of hints for this one. It's going to take him a while to get David Cully, but no. Scott Jordan. Did, no time. Sorry, guys. I was thinking Jordan Palmer was the guy who worked with Allen in, in the, the offseason. Off right. Was, that's what I was. Right. He was that Scott guy. Yep. Right. That is correct. All right. <laughs> he uh, did. 20 Sorry, he just said he just whispers to people. He goes, "Throw it like Carson Palmer." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know my brother. Just chuck it like him. Just basically. do it like him yeah. before he got injured. Right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Twenty fourteen. Bills blank is second in voting for defensive rookie. Buffalo Bills mm. blank lost out on the ANFL's Associate Press defensive. Associate Press Defensive Rookie of the Year Award on Saturday night. Blank was one of five candidates for the award, which went to the New York Jets' Sheldon Richardson. It's a tremendous honor to be even be up for a prestigious award like this. Blank said prior to the announcement, which came in, inside Radio City Music Hall as part of the third annual NFL Honor Show. The awards and all that stuff is great, but I'm judged mostly what I do on the field. Blank took what year all was... uh, 2014. So, again, these okay. honors would be for the yep. 2013 season. Jairus Bird? Yep. Not Bird, a little post-Bird, a little post-Avian, if you will. Uh, it says, mm. this will help. Blank took all 1,145 defensive snaps this year, leading the Bills with 159 tackles, a total that ranked third in the NFL, and tied him for a team high with four interceptions. Kiko Alonso? The legend returns. The legend yes. of Kiko Alonso. <coughs> all right, 2010. Buffalo Bills hire Blank to coach special teams. I am very Bobby excited. April. No, Post ah, this was Danny Crossman, not Danny Crossman. It went, ah! it went Bobby April, this guy, Danny Crossman. So this okay. is where you are in the, the stretch. I am very excited to come back to Buffalo. Blank said in a statement, it was my family's home for 13 years. And we've been traveling around the country for the last 10. And it feels like we are coming home. I was fortunate enough to be part of some of the greatest years in Buffalo Bills history. And I'm looking forward to trying to reprise that era. So former Buffalo Bill. Yep. Uh, is it like Heath something? No, that's Heath Farwell, who is our, uh, you know, the 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 Bills' most recent special teams head coach. Yeah, and by this point, like it's not Tasker because he was already doing radio. What what about what about Mark Pike? No, it's a good guess. I will. I will give because I'm worried you guys are going to go down the wrong path. I don't clear this okay. up as much as I was enjoying that. Um, sure. He when he was with the Bills previously, he was also in a coaching position. Oh, okay. Uh, right. So who was the special teams coach during the Super Bowl run? And I'm yep. going to tell you now. I, I'm not going to be able to All tell right. you who that it was. Was the whole Super Bowl run, and then he got fired after home run throwback. So 13 no. years ended after home run throwback. Oh. Oh, oh man! Oh, <laughs> you're you're gonna know the name. He passed away not that long. He passed yeah. away while he was special teams coach of in Orchard Park, New York. He was still special teams coach then. Of the uh, he'd moved on to the Panthers, but obviously was on a break because of the cancer. Passed away in December of 2016. Frank Latonka. Uh, very very close. That name sounds so familiar. It's actually Bruce DeHaven. That's Bruce Dehaven. Something with a something. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll give you 
Yeah, I knew I had a good guess about how many syllables were in it. Nice, nice, yeah. nicely done, Scott. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. You know, it was one of those. That was, you yeah. know, pretty, pretty well done. All right, and in honor of tight ends, we'll end with a couple random tight ends. One here from 2003, <coughs> just because that's the page I'm on. Uh, Bills release tight end blank safety Billy Jenkins. Blank, a seventh-round pick in 1996 from the University of Michigan to start 64 of 90 career games, catching 204 passes for 2,304 yards and 20 touchdowns. Keith McKellar. Yep, little post-McKellar. Jay Reimersma. Jay Reimersma. And then um, the the correspondence to that move, Blank traded to Buffalo. Uh, the Bills have acquired tight end Blank from the Cleveland Browns, not Robert Royal. Don't say Robert Royal. Mark Campbell. Mark, Mark Campbell. Campbell. Well, you guys, you know, tight ends are Scott's thing, is what we've learned. On uh, this, the yeah, the final this day. Yo, hey, yeah. That's so appropriate. <laughs> and this day in Bill's headlines for this Bill's season. So uh, Scott loves tight ends is the one lesson you should take out of everything we've discussed for the last five months. If you would like to send appreciation for tight ends, you should do so at MNY Bills on Twitter. I won't be looking at it because I've really sort of enjoyed not being on Twitter. I'm just going to kind of coast this one out, see how long I can go. Um, But you can if you can find me on Instagram, which you won't, uh, you can send me a funny meme. (laughs) It's kind of what I live for now. Um, You can also uh, share this with your friends. You can... That's it. That's all you can do. You can't really email us anymore or go to our Facebook page. Uh, We are going to take a break. Uh, We usually do about this time of year, as you know. Uh, It might be a little bit longer of a – it's not going to be that long, but it's going to be a little bit longer than usual. Uh, It's been kind of a long year for the three of us in different ways, and I I need a little break here. I need a little break personally. Um, not from you guys, but just from having a responsibility with regards to this. So uh, we will pick this things up as the off season picks up and gets going in earnest. But uh, we hope you have a nice, safe uh, winter season. Unless you're in the southern hemisphere, then please enjoy your fall, and uh, that's coming up. And we will talk to you soon. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And hey, maybe we'll get him next time, right? Thank you so much. I'm Frank, and. Uh, I'm Paul. There you go. Good night, everybody.